The third guest on our podcast from last week was the 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 thud, the thud? of your glass hitting sure. the, the table. I know, man. Won't you get softer cups? <laughs> softer glasses? Yeah. I don't know if they make... Coast, like a puffy coaster. Bro. Yeah. Do they make soft glasses? I feel like glass... They're, they're velvet coasters. Are they? Sure. Okay. Yeah. We can give you a coaster. Like that, that, as we, you know, improve, right. the more listeners we get, the, the bigger the space. Yeah. We'll, I put we'll it get. over here so that the... It's not as That terrible. does not help. It is a, th- a no, thought no, no, is a no. thought is a thought, no, my no, friend. No. If it's hair, I'll drop it enthusiastically. <laughs> but if it's over, if I have to stretch, it kind of How is the thud when you body. want to make a point? Like, where's your, what's your... Oh, no, I'll splash the gym. <laughs> Can't do that. Yeah. All right, I'd, welcome, I'd, everybody. I'd, I'd use the fist. I'd... Right, <laughs> welcome, everybody. Yeah. Welcome, you, you, welcome, everybody, to the uh, second episode of our podcast, Movie Mandem, the podcast about the Mandem that like to talk about the movies. Yeah. I'm one of your hosts, Damien, with me as always is my co-host, Bam. Hey, guys, it's me. H- how you doing, Bam? Pretty good. Is that your radio jockey voice? Hey, guys. Sunday morning on KLS5. Yeah, that's my radio voice. That's very foreign, Bam. Okay, that's I, y- y- I only think of radio, because I can't do like Monty Perkins or um, what's his name, Otair. I only yeah. think of radio jock voice as annoying white guy in Miami. What, just say a zip 105? No, they're, 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 they're not even good radio voices. They're kind of yeah. boring. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're back. Uh, we're, we're, we're here recording twice in a row. This is a Crazy. good consistent. Crazy. I mean, to go from nothing to this. Yeah. Uh, to go from a, a two-year tease. <laughs> To like every, to like a second week in a row recording an episode. I mean, it's Incredible. good. We're setting a good precedent for yep. ourselves. Yep. I hope we can keep it up. It's I all under the pressure now. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I don't think I'll be here next week. <laughs> Fair enough. Record two episodes. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, all right. So hopefully by now you'll have listened to the first episode, even though timeline-wise, this episode's coming out a couple of days from now. Uh, our premiere episode actually launches tonight. Bam. Are you excited? Hell yeah. Are you, are you overjoyed? I get to tweet a thing. I get to promise on the tweet that I made three days ago. <laughs> the episode was coming out. So excited. I saw your tweet and I was just like, I mean, I don't know what episode he has ready to put out. Is this a different podcast? Uh, Two podcasts at once. No, That's great I, for him. I, I, ladies and gentlemen, I take my co-host at his word. So when he says, hey, I'll have the episode ready by Tuesday. And I get no further But then you tweeted on a Wednesday. I go... Yeah, because I'm just like, well, surely... <laughs> it's got to be today, right? Surely, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like... So when I used to have a podcast, I had a lot more free time. Right. So it, I thought, yeah, it's, I can... Some significant life event. I can, pod, I can um, edit a podcast in no time. I used to do it. used to do right. it all the time. Right. Right? Then nothing's changed. No, nothing's changed. Just, you know, regular uh, nine to five. And, and I, be, being who I am, I always work overtime and... You know, that, that, that cuts into the time that you can dick around and, sure. and edit your podcast that hasn't made a profit yet. We, we, hope, we hope to get some advertising. You're going to hear us talking about um, some, some really sponsors that make no sense for our show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, have nothing to do with what we're, we're hocking. Uh, Folgers, Friskies. 
Speaking of Folgers, I'm actually, I have a cup of coffee right in there front of go. me, so that, that would actually work. Folgers, if you'd like to hit us up. Um, right. I just came from Cafe Blue, a wonderful establishment. Yeah. Uh, never did anything we wrong. Could, you could do that. Uh, yeah. We could, yeah. We, could, we could have a, a Cafe Blue. Look, the best part of waking up uh, could be Cafe Blue in your cup. Oof. That, that's probably illegal. <laughs> Uh, no, I think I think that the rights to that has retired. That's you're not using. You think jingle. it's public domain to use that the, the tagline? Has come and gone, come and gone. Yeah. Um, all right, so this episode we are going to be talking about a bunch of things. Uh, last episode, just to give you a little bit of a, an idea of it, uh, we talked about well, you got into some very in-depth theories about certain actors. Yeah, whatever podcast series I've been rattling around in my head that I've not been able to podcast, yeah. I kind of un- unleashed on a unknowing public. Right, they just they've just been there, ready yeah. to go, locked and ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you gave us some theories about actors such as Dwayne Johnson, yep. Will Smith, John Krasinski. He really went in, all in on them. Yeah, uh, and a little bit about Chris Pratt as well. True. Uh, we talked about Halloween and how it has evolved right here in the land of wood and water. Sure. Uh, and we got into the horror films of 2022 and. You know the, the how impressive the showing has been in that in that arena. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in any of that, and also just general shit talking, um, and you I can. There are three part season finale of our season finale. Yeah, <laughs> really, it's seasons, right? Is that a TV show? Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, I feel like every episode we're gonna be the the details of the podcast will be revealed to us as exactly. well as the audience. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but uh, so yeah, go listen to that if you are interested in any of that, and also just to get a taste of um, me and Bam's origins into movie fandom. Yeah, as uh, we figure out what this show is. Right. See the raw origin story. Uh, but this week, we have one of the biggest movies of the year is on the horizon. We, it, in just a few days' time, if I keep my promise of releasing this on Tuesday, sure. um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever will be yeah. unleashed onto the world. Uh, the sequel to the first film, uh, long anticipated. Uh, we are going to be talking through that movie today. Uh, we're going to be talking about the, the, the movie being a, a sequel after a prominent actor from the original film passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be talking about some other movies that were in that same vein. Uh, and we're going to be talking about Mr. Ryan Coogler and his other sure. projects and what he has brought to the MCU. We're going to be talking a little bit about MCU directors, but we have also decided that that's its own episode. Yeah. Uh, we can really... That's, that, that, that MCU is 30 movies deep at this point. I yeah. think you can have an old episode just for... I mean, that's that's what, like 15 directors in that... It, just off the top of my head, I, I would just estimate um, 15 directors um, that we could talk on, about. Only, well, I guess only, let's see, James Gunn, Joss Whedon, and Peyton Reed. And John Favreau. And Ryan and so Coogler. Yeah. And the on. Russo brothers. Right. So those right. are the six repeats. Right. And then everyone else, is all the other singles. Yeah. Yeah, most of one um, So there's a, there's a lot to get into there. Um, but that actually leads into the first segment of the show, which is going to be us talking about the movie news that happened this week, the ongoings of the movie verse. Uh, and the reason why that ties into it is because uh, it's November. Um, it's winding down towards award season. We're going to be getting the, the, you know, stuff about the best films of the year, all those films that are vying for the Oscar nomination and uh, trying to be the very best of the year. And of course, around such that as time... R-R-R, R-R-R, of course, as such as R-R. If we can just If we can join and tag on to the RRR Oscars campaign, I, that yeah. would be my proudest achievement Absolutely. at this point in the podcast. Um, but of course, it being that season, it is the time where journalists always... Uh, they, they try and ask the, the, the most recent... Uh, classic film director, his opinion on Marvel movies. 
And You're speaking uh, of course, uh, Mr. Francis Ford Coppola, or well, no, that that I think that was last season. This season, uh, they have said. Is, are you talking of the other short Italian man? <laughs> no, not we're not talking about Martin Scorsese. I'm talking about uh, Mr. Quentin Tarantino, Ooh, who was the asked, tall Italian man, <laughs> who was asked his opinions on Marvel movies, and he said that he considers them as uh, films for hire. Uh, or, or mm-hmm. if you do a Marvel film, you're a director for hire, yeah. and, and he's not looking for a job right now. Um, he called them uh, films for hired hands. Right, hired hands, right. Yeah. So if you do a Marvel movie, you are uh, equivalent to a hired hand. Yeah, you're, you're a temp they bring in. So. Yeah. And um, I tell you what, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just getting sick and tired of these, mm-hmm. these hoity-toity... Italians? <laughs> Most been Italian. Has it has it mostly been Italian? Yes, actually. Well, yes, it's just a, it's an Italian uh, reckoning of the biggest movie franchise on the planet. Um, always with their their condescending and highbrow uh, um, comments on these these films, um, although not entirely wrong, a, a lot of the time. Um, so I think what Scorsese said was that he he equates them to theme park rides. Yeah. Um, a lot of Marvel films are like that. A lot. A lot. Yeah, I feel like they're they're built for the purposes of actually building a, a theme park ride. Yes. Yes. Um, actually. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy, which is probably one of the most soulful and uh, creatively driven of their franchises, yeah. is getting seems a, like an actual piece of artistic merit. Right. Um, it's getting a, a theme park ride. Mm-hmm. It is also getting a Christmas special um, in in a well, less than a month's time. You know, I, I I don't think it's it's bad to say that they are like theme park rides. They have very simplified stories. Um, you know, they're exciting. They have a, a, a you know resolution, good versus evil kind of thing. There's not a lot of um, ambiguity to the what is going on. Right. Yeah. So I don't think there's anything wrong with liking them as as theme park rides. But I also think a lot of them have more to offer than what that statement implies. Well, the other thing I. Martin Scorsese is an incredibly correct man when it comes to movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like everyone who complains about him are like extremely <laughs> cinematically ignorant people. <laughs> like because you just, you just have no idea where he's coming from, what he's saying. He's coming from like, listen, I've been going to the movies from I was a wee lad in the nineteen fifties. Right. And keeping up with that and I can tell you the progression of it seems to be that these it is becoming less and less uh, like an artist makes a story about humans, right? And more, a corporation deems de- um, depicts a product to make more money. That's and, yeah. really what he's saying. We kind of talked about it um, last week with the movie Barbarian, mm-hmm. which is made by the Disney Corporation because um, it bought out uh, Fox. Yeah, because yeah. it bought out Fox, but also it was a movie that didn't have that much, um, you know, oversight. Because mm-hmm. of the genre that it's in, horror doesn't tend to have a lot of oversight. Because mm-hmm. if you offend someone in a horror movie, They're it's, like, it's great almost free press, right? right? It's almost expected. Um, so but, it's the one that can always get away. Yeah, yeah but a lot. Like uh, I remember, um, what's his name? This is terrible to say. What's his name for Steven Spielberg? <laughs> but <laughs> what's that guy's name? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, uh, that Jewish guy in the cap. What's his, what's his name? Um, you mean Kanye? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Steven Spielberg, he said that he had a hard time getting Lincoln made. And that's, that's Lincoln. That's a movie about an American, one of the most, most famous presidents. And he had trouble getting it made um, because the, the, the landscape for movie making is it's IP driven. It's, you yeah. know, how do you guarantee the, the, the budgets for it? Um, so, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with, 
with um, the calling comments like about it, is, it. Yeah. yeah, calling it out. Um, I'm sure, they, like, just the the nature of blockbuster filmmaking is not very much about the artistic quality of the films, mm -hmm. but it can be an avenue where someone with something to say right. can get their message out to a wide audience. Like, um, James, okay, it's it, it's it's sort of the the inverse in that like blockbusters of arguably the 70s and the 80s, the yeah. blockbusters of the day, had mostly almost artistic merit and humanistic stories. Yeah. And you snuck in large mass entertainment. Right, right. Now right. it's, you make large mass entertainment and you do your best to sneak in human stories. That, yeah. That's the core of his argument. Yeah. Um, but it's also, I mean, I think Blockbuster Films, because, I mean, when, he's, when he talked about when he was asked about Marvel movies, he was pretty much talking about, you know, big cinema, um, mm. popcorn films. Yeah. Um, but he also means that, like, the, the big blockbusters are essentially pushing out any chance of just smaller human yeah. <laughs> middle, bro, yeah. middle, middle bro films being made. But outside of that, you know, you're seeing um, a lot more uh, diversity in these films than ever before. Mm. Um, so you're getting a lot of, like, you know, Black Panther's sequel is coming out. And on the back of that, you saw movies like The Woman King being released. Mm -hmm. An excellent film. You know, um, yeah. So there's there's a point to a, to a lot of these things. They they do kind of have these spin-offs of good things happening in cinema. Um, but going back to you know what Quinton said, um, yeah, I, I don't think anybody's under the illusions that when they're making a a um, like a Wonder Man series, because there was an announcement about right. the Wonder Man series this week. Um, no Starring one, Yaya Abdul Mateen. Right, you know when when a if, man who's only made like good movie decisions so far, so good for him. Well, I mean, he was also he's already been in a comic he's book in, movie, he, yeah, because yeah, he was in in he's Aquaman. A, he's a black manta. Yeah, um, you know th these these movies. <clears throat> to say that the the directors who are hired for them are are not, I mean, they're they're people who are gonna be hopefully bring something new to it, but there are also people who the studios say, yeah, I think you're going to not lose us $200 million when you make yeah. this. Um, I mean, like, here's the thing. If, if it, let, let's say it wasn't like we get shoved down three Marvel or DC films a year. Mm -hmm. Let's say, like... It, it, At this point, three a year is, is very like a... Tame, yeah. Very tame. It's more like six, yeah. yeah. Okay, let's say, hypothetically, it's back to, like, the early 90s, early 2000s mode yeah. where there is technically like three blockbusters, quote-unquote blockbusters here. Like it, it, it essentially was like every studio gets to put out one mm -hmm. blockbuster every year. Yep. And then you're, you do all of your other stuff. Like you do all of your, your um, small character dramas, whatever. So like... So you're saying every studio gets like a quota yeah. of how many big ones they can put exactly, out. Right? Exactly. So like Paramount would put out one. Fox would put out their own. Would it? And then here comes your favorite movie, Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. And it kind of goes like, oh, if we make three sequels back to back and, and this other studio starts doing superhero movies. Right. Mm, all this specific genre of blockbuster starts happening and it creates this fight. Right. That, oh no, we need to get out two or three of these at a time. So instead of like just three blockbusters, like, you know, one for the kids, mm -hmm. mostly for the adults. Because that's 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 what these movies are, kids' yep. movies. Let, let's never forget. As much as people have been, you know, uh, kidified into liking these these, these yeah, yeah, content yeah. For, for kids. Yeah. Um, 
they, they, they become the dominant thing now. So it flipped and it inversed. And right. that's what people like Martin Scorsese are like upset about. Because yep. they're like, no, it used to be, <laughs> as an adult, you could get up and you could see a, a stark human drama. Right, or, right. or an interesting like, human drama that would reflect back at you. Now when you go out, you see a person in an armored suit going pew, pew, pew. Right. And you're like, hmm, why is that the only thing available? Yeah. 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 And it, and it, but it's also like, if, if, so it's worse for us being here where the, we get like the, the trickle of whatever the releases are, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and, yeah. and if we get something like, I remember when Three Billboards came out. Yes. It was here for maybe a week. Right. Um, so if you want to see it, you better get you your better, ass, yeah, get get your ass, ass to, to, yeah. to the theater and see it. Um, now, it's a little bit better because, you know, with, with streaming, that's kind of been disrupted where we have more access to these stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, there is something about, you know, something that has that, that very kind of conscious filmmaking, very um, um, human-driven, not about the pew-pew-pew. Mm-hmm. And and having that in a little to no people, right? Yeah. Having that in a big audience, and and that being something where you can say, "Hey, have you seen that movie?" Mm-hmm. You know, the 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 beauty of cinema is is getting everybody around something and and focusing on it, and that mm-hmm. becomes something that they can then talk about. Yeah. So that's why I, that's what I liked about the Woman King. It is one of those movies that everyone, almost everyone that I know, has seen it, and then also drag their parents to it. Yeah. It's one of those I'm taking my mom to see this kind of movie. Yeah. That won't bore it, you. It's tears. rare you get. It's rare that you get that kind of movie. Yeah. Like, like when it was done, people were like, "Oh, this is a brave heart." Yeah, but it, and, and, like, and it's yes, also like it they didn't. Kind of a brave heart. They didn't have to wait. They didn't have to go in the first week to see it. They could yeah. wait. Like in three weeks' time, it was still in theaters. Yeah. Pa- you know, pa- Palace Palace Music. Big up you. You've been keeping that thing in theaters because you when know it, people <laughs> are just kind of trickle into that. It's, it's like they knew because when when it came out here, um, Palace Amusement had it. Um, in in two different theaters in the same, same cinema, cinema, right? And then it's playing it's playing both at Sovereign at the five thirty and eight. Right. Both yeah. Cinemas, yeah. Yeah. So it they 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 had an inkling about it. So you know, good on them for anticipating. So, so here's here's my, my my theory. Yeah. They will very wisely keep Woman King until maybe late Christmas, mm-hmm. and um, as soon as our good friends from Wakanda come around. Yeah. Black Adam, get your ass out of here. I mean, <laughs> and it's going to be Wakanda Forever and Woman King, which can essentially play as prequels. The, the, <laughs> the, double, the double billing of, yeah. of uh, Woman African Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So. I think that has never happened in. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think history. there's ever been a time when both those. You could just go at 5 30, see this historical epic, and then see this sci fi epic right. of the you know, similar makeup. Um, but yeah, those are the comments of Quentin Tarantino. Not entirely wrong, a little bit condescending, but I mean, that's Quentin's style. Um, yeah, Quentin has had um, opinions over the years. Yeah. So I don't, but also, also like... Also, he has um, pretty personal and specific beef with Disney. You know, you know about it, right? What's his beef with Disney, specifically? Okay, so, was it 2015? When Hateful Eight yeah. was coming out? Mm, mm-hmm. So now what he wanted to do is he wanted to... Like have out a theater and play it like a, it's a big like two to three hour movie. And he yeah. wants to play it and he wanted to play it with like its own orchestra and intermission and not, mm. he wanted to do hmm. all the stuff, right? So because he, he had uh, what's his name, the composer for that who who did the yeah yeah, yeah Ennio um, Morricone. Ennio Morricone, yeah right right mm-hmm. yeah. So he wanted it to be this whole to do, mm-hmm. and so he made a deal with a theater long before. Um, I believe it's the ArcLight Theater, right? Jane. 
long before, hey, I want Christmas to come. I want this to play, right? Now, um, here's the issue. What was also coming out that Christmas was The Force Awakens, a Star Wars film. Mm. And Disney now, last minute, comes up and he's just like, hey, we want you to just play Star Wars. Mm-hmm. In like 30s theaters. Because, like, I mean, who's, who, people have never seen Star Wars, Star, Star right? Wars before, right? Not like you can go somewhere else and see. Yeah. So, so the, the previous deal made long before with Quentin, yeah. Disney came in and essentially like strong armed right. Arclight into like completely changing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that frigged over Quentin's um, like big premiere he wanted to have mm-hmm. for it. So now, I, 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 I think a payoff eventually had to happen because mm. he, like, like, by contract, is like, no, 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 I'm yeah. supposed to get this. So Disney literally came in and, like, fucked over him specifically, like, for no reason whatsoever. They have so much parlay in all of the movie theaters. Yeah. Specifically, they came in and fucked up that deal that he had put in place. What kind of payoff could exist? I mean, you're talking about Quentin Tarantino, who is probably one of the richest directors in Hollywood, and then you've got... Disney, probably the not really. No, he's he's almost famous and prolific and talented. Okay, but he's kind of a spendthrift. Mm. Like I've I've seen. Oh, so he's in the red. <laughs> no, not not in the red. He's he's doing very well. Yeah. But uh, a Spielberg or George Lucas who takes their money and invests it in smaller companies, right, 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 are far richer than him. He just gets his nice twenty million dollar check mm-hmm. at at the end of each movie, but he doesn't spend it. Right. But he gets a nice little change. I think the biggest deal he got was a previous one um, with. Uh, Sony Columbia right. for Once Upon a Time because I think they gave him like easily 60 million up front just for the rights to his last yeah. two movies Okay, but um, he's not the, the, the richest he's he's quite a spendthrift like mm. um, there's this great story of when when uh, when Reservoir Dog came out yeah, uh, he brought it to all those you know uh, film Film festivals, and he met up with his friend Robert Rodriguez. Right, and then they both made, and then he made um, El, Mar- El Mariachi. Okay, the I guess prequel to Desperado. Mm-hmm. So then they became like quick friends, started hanging out. Cut to Quentin makes Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Robert Rodriguez made makes um, Desperado, mm-hmm. two massive hits for both mm-hmm, of them. Mm-hmm. Robert Rodriguez now is like boy oh boy new money and he <laughs> brocks himself immediately <laughs> on, all the, on all the cash right yeah and and so two twos he has to make like the faculty like <laughs> some dumb little movie because he just oh shit and he's a paycheck immediately mm-hmm. Quinton now who's like equally as rich as him is still driving his little Ford Pinto and living in like a one bedroom apartment right in LA yeah and he's like he all the, the biggest expense he has is he bought like a little um, projection camera. Okay. So he was still living like he was dirt broke. Right. Even though he had like he got the money no, in the bank. He got the money in the bank. Right. right. So he d- he didn't he didn't start spending his money until like after Jackie Brown. He was still living like a poor little youth until after Jackie Brown. And then yeah. when when he had his little five years of chilling out to mm-hmm. write Kill Bill slash Inglorious Bastards, yeah. that's when he kind of bought the nice house. Yeah, people. If you if you haven't picked it up by now, um, Bam is a massive Quitten fan. Uh, okay. he, he yeah so I, I i should have anticipated when i brought up a story about quentin tarantino that is gonna I'd go off into yeah it's gonna have a couple of tangents <laughs> but no it's it's good it's good stuff um but i was just thinking like i can't imagine and also just how mad he gets i can't imagine how high that payoff had to have been but if there's yeah, anybody that can massive afford it check from disney to, yeah to, but to, disney can afford because that kind he went of on howard stern mm. and just said the whole thing just yeah. aired it all out yeah, yeah, yeah. and so 
so and Howard like is just like we gotta talk to Disney about this. Yeah, and he, then, he gets he gets so on Howard's l- l- lawyer, Lawyers were called. Trust me. Yeah. All right. Uh, so just continuing on with just a little bit more news. Um, speaking of the the death of cinema, uh, one of the Russo brothers uh, was talking about the the making of the new Hercules Joe film. Joe and or Anthony. This this is the the Disney. Diana Ditch, my guys. This is the Disney live action Hercules, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, that they're mm-hmm. they're helming. And um I don't know what this looks like. I don't know what this means. I don't know what I is the thinking. Any other words that he said. <laughs> but his comments were uh what did he say? That is th- a TikTok inspired version. Yeah, they're inspired by the 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 TikTok and the uses of TikTok and how people are using TikTok because they're thinking it's what the kids are into. Yeah. It's it's how we're yeah, gonna bro. get to the kids. Got to connect to the kids. What this made me think about was um, our good friend George Miller mm-hmm. when he came out with um, the movie uh, Three Thousand Years of Longing, Incredible which film. great film and huge box office bomb. Mm-hmm. But he it was always destined to be a cult classic. Well, <laughs> so so what he he when I I saw him talking about it. Uh, in like a, an interview for the movie and he was saying that you know you look at how people consume media these days on their phones and, and they've got their TikToks which is maybe like 90 seconds is the longest video on it and mm-hmm. even then you're, you're scrubbing along because mm-hmm. you're, you're conditioned to 10 to 15 seconds worth of content mm-hmm. um, and he's, he's like you have to when you're making films you have to anticipate that this is the attention span mm-hmm. of your audience. Average, average audience. So you watch 3,000 Years of Longing and there's like, even, even if the, because the beginning of the film is kind of ordinary. It's mm-hmm. this woman mm-hmm. doing a keynote speech and everything. Yeah. But the, the way the and movie, a ghost, appears. a ghost appears out of nowhere. You know, and it's like they, they, these random things pop in little by little to kind of mm-hmm. entice you. Mm-hmm. But also the way the movie is filmed is very arresting so mm-hmm. that you're not, pulling away so that mm-hmm. you are getting the full comprehension of what movie is saying. Um, I think if the movie was made 15 years prior, you wouldn't have had the ghost at the beginning. No. Yeah. Quietly done 20 to 30 minutes of her giving a keynote speech before. Right. Genia. But filmmaking evolves and it evolves for how the audience, you know, consumes media. So I think that's not a bad way to look at, you know, things like TikTok of uh, mm. like a genesis of how I, you can I, do your filmmaking. I, I don't necessarily think so because like, uh, Michael Bay had a, a great quote. The, the worst person you know said one of the best things. <laughs> um, I don't change my style for anybody. Only mm-hmm. pussies do that. <laughs> so now, even though Michael Bay kind of films for the TikTok generation yeah. intuitively. Yeah. Um, like I mean, I'm, look how much press he got with Ambulance. Yeah. From yeah. people who previously have loathed Michael right. Bay. They're like, oh, did you make a good movie? Yeah. Um, yeah, so like. I don't like the movie, by the way. I think I think it's visually it's great, but like yeah. I I got super frustrated with it. I haven't seen it, but my dad loved it, and I'm just like, oh, I guess it's a dad movie. It is very much like '90s action dad movie, yeah. kind of in vain of speed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go on. Uh, yeah. So uh, coming back to our good friend uh, Quinton, mm-hmm. like he does not update his style. No. Like he's just like, no, no, I found the thing. Yeah. And I'm gonna do it. So like. You cut, so when I, when I hear John and Theresa talking about, oh, we need to make something for the TikTok generation, I'm like, but there's no, a, I've, yeah. I've, I've, I saw Pulp Fiction the other day, and when there's a 10-minute unbroken scene of just looking at two characters talking, yeah. and you are enraptured, I'm yeah. just like, why don't you try <laughs> making an enrapturous scene of two people talking? But here's the thing, like, when I say that about George Miller taking that approach, George Miller is the type to um, look at how he can 
improve his style. Not necessarily change it up, mm-hmm. but, you know, like... You but he makes a completely different movie every time. Right. You know, so that, but that's, that's his way of, of innovating. And he's an innovative person. I don't feel like the Russos have a base, because they tried their base style out with uh, the Gray Man. Right. Crap. Yeah. Right? And it, it feels like, the, as, as they, you know, this meme has been going around that, that Netflix makes fake movies... It, yeah. it felt like a really expensive fake movie. Yeah. Um, and so I don't have any confidence in them saying, oh, we're going to make a movie that's inspired by TikTok filmmaking. You know? No, and you shouldn't. Yeah. It, because all the other movies, they never really, outside of their Marvel stuff, they never really discussed heavily what they were doing. They're mm-hmm. just like, oh, we're making a very expensive movie. We, we've come from the most expensive movies ever made, so this is kind of our playhouse. Yeah. And then you see that, like, no, they kind of need the Marvel writers and production codes to, like, yep. left to their own devices. They're not getting anything out. The most miraculous thing, the one good thing that they did, mm-hmm. which they never bring up for some reason, mm-hmm. and it is very odd that they did this and they've never once brought it up. They produced everything everywhere all at once. Really? Yes. Okay. One of the best movies of the year. Why they- would you not be screaming that from the rooftops? Yes. Why would you not like? Yeah, we did. Like we did. Why? Why is? Why is that not your brand? We're not mm. talking about that. That is such an incredible achievement, and it's just it's just very quietly in the credits yeah. produced by Joe Nante Russo. And you're like, yeah, what? Huh? I wonder if they've just not seen it. Like it's just they they I, they signed the check for it. And... I I think honestly they saw like one of their previous movies. Mm-hmm. And they just had fifty million dollars lying around. <laughs> I think that is truly it. Yeah, and they thought, ah, you know, we could get some good press out over this, but let's just but not the, talk but, about but it. Not talk about it. Yeah, that's weird. That's I, very if odd. if I produced the Loki cult smash yeah. <laughs> hit movie of the year, I'd be like, finally, a hit from the both of us. Yeah. So yeah, I um, I and I don't, I don't have any confidence in them. I mean, uh, I like the original Hercules a lot, um, but a lot of these Disney live action films have. Had a decline in in recent years where they just feel like carbon. To copies. have a decline would be mean since you started. Well, <laughs> I, a good I, point I, I genuinely still like. Maleficent. W- no, I hate Maleficent. <laughs> um, I genuinely do like um, Jungle Book. Um, I liked how the the okay. the world of okay. it, like it okay. felt like okay, this whole jungle has this ecosystem when it, mm-hmm. when it like it it took. Uh, like the Colonel Harty character of the, those elephants, and he turned them into these almost religious figures. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see the Andy Circus one? I did not. No, it, it looked too real janky. Weird. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. real weird. <laughs> it, it, it's 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 kind of a PG thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the last uh, news story that I will touch on is uh, the big man himself is coming back. He he went toe to toe with King Kong. Is it last year? Uh, but he is back with a new movie. Uh, Godzilla is coming back. Godzilla. November third, twenty twenty three. That is next year. Um, it's a Japanese one, right? I don't. I think there are simultaneously making a Japanese yeah, one. Yeah, I, I know because yeah. the the God the Toho is making one, and I believe Legendary is also making another one for the monster. Back to Godzilla. Okay. Right. Yeah. So um, I don't know much about what's going to be seen in this one. They kind of. Through balls to the wall with the last two Probably guns. Probably very movies. big and smash something. That's yeah, um, it is interesting how they've played with you know Godzilla as a, a hero or a villain or a force of nature in in the mm-hmm. films, which is you know how he's been treated in in the decades of yeah, Godzilla very movies. About it. Yeah, um, you know because in the first film he he 
he ends up being the the savior and then fucking off back to the ocean as he should um and then in in Godzilla versus Kong he's blowing shit up and then King Kong is the one that has to come out to put Godzilla yeah. in his place um so I don't know what they're going to do with here's, this next one he's not even blowing shit up mm. he knows that the actual bad guys of the film are up to something yeah, yeah, yeah. so he's like destroying their bases he's like look guys but people read it as oh no Godzilla is freaking out because and there's like, a little bit of I a... cannot <laughs> communicate with humans you are beneath you're beneath me. There's a little bit Shut of a communication issue with, yeah. with Godzilla and humankind. Yeah. And it's like, you guys are developing nuclear weaponry and shit. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Let me blow it up, please. Godzilla is like hitting the wasp nest growing in the corner <laughs> of his bedroom. <laughs> and people are, and the wasp are freaking out. That's, that's, that's what Godzilla versus Kong was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely not in the wrong at all. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen with this new one. I don't know if King Kong will be there. Um, uh, here's the thing. I kind of want them to do a King Kong as well, because like the fact that they brushed over the um, hollow earth mm-hmm. and, and that's just the most delightful looking, magical <laughs> King yeah. Kong looking kingdom yeah. that he's done. I'm just like, could I get a sneaky King, like Donkey Kong King Kong movie? Well, yeah, because set, set in hollow earth. They did, they did breach into the hollow earth. earth. Yeah. You can't just ignore that yeah. next time around. No, no, here's the thing. I'm so glad the movie spent like a good 20 minutes going, look at all these graphics and yeah. pretty and animals. Look at all this potential storyline. Yeah, I'm this like, weird gravity going on. I'm and like, cool. Great. Yeah. yeah. That is infinite like story possibilities. Get like. Uh, uh, like a like an Andrew Stanton type, like Pixar guy. Yeah. So just yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. You could hey, do that. Go, go, go do what you want. Run it through the Pixar machine, right? right. That's all you gotta do. Yeah. Just input a concept, and right. then out you get an Oscar-winning movie. I would love uh, a Wally type King Kong movie, where it's yeah. mostly silent, just, just grunting like, like, and roars. Yeah. No like, human. Be brave and spend two hundred million dollars like, on an all non-talking who, movie. Who is going? That would play internationally incredibly. No, but who went to Godzilla versus Kong because? Uh, uh, Alexander Skarsgård was in it. Absolutely no one. No one. You yeah. know, uh, and what was his name? Brian Tyree Henry. Love the guy. I think he's great. charisma, charismatic. Yeah. Uh, uh, Eleven was there from Stranger That's Things. True. Great. You know, they're they're interesting actors who get nothing to do in Dude, these movies. movies. Yeah. So no, you're meant to stand around and go, oh my god, look at Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah. And you collect your paycheck and you go home. Yeah. So, but that's that's uh, uh, like arguably the, the the second lead of the first Godzilla re, re, remake is um my guy, um uh, Kerry Fujikimo, um not Kerry Fujikimo, um let them fight that, mm. that guy. Um, oh oh um Ken Watanabe. Ken Watanabe. Okay, you just you can't I, I, just I, I, interchange Asian names, bam. Um, listen, him and Shang Chi, <laughs> him and um Shang Chi and Shang Tsung. Uh. Yeah, and apparently he's the second lead because he has the line of the movie. Yeah, because so like, if you weren't sold on the previous part of the trailer, him saying "let them fight" is yeah. just like, well, I guess we're going to the Godzilla movie. Yeah, and then he's like, "kill me off in the second movie." Yeah, <laughs> I don't want like, anything I'm, to I'm, do. I'm with actually me. finished. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see what that looks no, like. No human has had. Uh, uh, I get to say a trailer moment. Yeah, since that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know uh, what that's gonna look like, but I, you know, I like seeing Godzilla on screen. I hope that it is worth my time. Um, but that's the that's what happened this week. Is there anything else that took place this week that you saw that you want to discuss? Because that's all that um, that I have here. Movie stuff? Uh, no, the only thing that's been happening is non-movie stuff about the okay. person I'd rather not discuss. That's fine. We we don't have to discuss that. Yeah. Um, all right, so Wakanda Forever, mm-hmm. it's coming out a couple of days' time. Directed by one Ryan Coogler. You want to start there? Dur- come to the week's time? Oh, no. start about Ryan Coogler? Yeah, yeah, Ryan Coogler. Um, 
Yeah, his 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 illustrious four pick truck or her. That it is so incredible. Weird. <laughs> so we we were we discussed a little bit. I don't know if it was last night or this morning about what we're gonna talk about this week. And you said you've only seen Creed. Creed yeah. And I was like, how dare you only see two films in this great director? Oh, he's only done four mm-hmm. oh, four mm-hmm. movies. And the fourth one hasn't come out. Yet. <laughs> um. Oh man, he was a producer on Space Jam: A New Legacy. <laughs> Boy, get your check. <laughs> <What> do you <laughs> get your check, Ryan. Yeah. Um, all right. So the, he, he directed two short films, which I, or three short films, which mm-hmm. I haven't seen, mm-hmm. uh, named Locks, Fig, and The Sculptor. Yeah. Um, each I, came I, out, I've heard him talk about Locks. I've not seen Locks. Yeah. Each came out in the years uh, 2009 to 2011. Mm-hmm. His first major motion picture was Fruitvale, Fruitvale Station, Station yeah. starring one Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll, he'll come back up at some point. I mean... Career-defining movie for both persons, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. That was Michael B. Jordan previously had been in a lot of stuff. He had been in The Wire. Um, he had done awesome a, a couple of TV shows. Yeah, he would do just stint on Parenthood. He'd mm-hmm. be, yeah, lots of small, smaller stuff, but definitely someone that was well-versed in you know, being on a studio. And, mm-hmm. and um, shortly after that, he was in uh, um, Fantastic Four as Johnny Storm. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, but oh, he was also in um, the previous directors, um, that other superhero movie. Which um, superhero movie? Uh, look it up. Michael B. Jordan was in another superhero mm-hmm, movie outside mm-hmm. of Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, I, look, I, at, look at the Fantastic I, Four directors. Oh, 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 uh, Chronicle. Chronicle. Yeah, yeah, he was Chronicle. also in that. That was 2013, which yeah. is the same year that um, uh, um, Fruitvale Station came out. So that was a great for year, great for, year for Michael him. B. Great Jordan. Um, but Fruitvale Station is extremely emotional movie about uh, a young man that gets gunned down. Um, I, I, I know the story of the guy also. Yeah. I've never actually, I was just like, mm, I, I don't think I need to see this, it's, this it, film. It's tough. It is tough to watch, um, but it's one of those movies that when I saw it at the time, uh, which was roughly around the same time, I think mm-hmm. it might have been 2014 or so, mm-hmm. and I was like, this movie's gonna it's gonna change things. Yeah. It's gonna solve racism yep. finally, and uh, here we are, almost ten years later, and uh, shit's the same. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he 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 gets um, interrogated. Still moving turtles now. Well, hmm, just saw it. Mm-hmm. Just really mm-hmm. really frustrating mm-hmm. movie to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, very heavy to watch. If you, um, I mean, I think people should. It's one of those movies that you know people should go out to see it. It should be in theaters and everything, but you know, prepare yourself for the heaviness of it. Um, what's her name? Daniel Deadweiler. Great performance in that movie. As you mm-hmm. talk about um, just keeping the camera on someone, mm-hmm. uh, there's a scene where she gives her testimony at the trial mm-hmm. and she's interrogated by the defense attorneys and mm-hmm. then she's interrogated by the prosecutors. Mm-hmm. Camera does not shift from her the entire mm-hmm. time. So you get her emotional um, you know, testimony about her son and then you get her rage when the, the prosecution has the bullshit that mm-hmm. they throw at mm-hmm. her. And it's like she shifts from both those emotions seamlessly. It's mm-hmm. just really incredible. Um, but uh, Fruitvale Station, another movie that's also really incredible. Octavia Spencer gives a great performance in that movie mm-hmm. as uh, Michael B. Jordan's mom. Octavia Spencer giving a good performance? I've never heard of such a thing. Crazy. Have you seen Ma? <laughs> hey, that I'm is an iconic that's, character. It uh, is. You know, the internet loves that movie. Too. Yeah, yeah. Terrible movie, though. Um... But yeah, everybody gets one Blumhouse man. Well, so this was the 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 out the gate for Ryan Coogler, mm-hmm. and 
similar to Chronicle, it was kind of a movie where you're like, all right, director to watch. Mm-hmm. Very next thing he does is... Um, a little movie called Creed. Well, I have a thing about, a theory about Ryan, well, not a theory, but he is one of those directors that went from making his very, you know, um, touching and, and soulful movie about real people mm-hmm. with, um, you know, real stories mm-hmm. and has slowly but surely gone into the, the franchise sphere where he has, you know, he, he, the next thing he does is Creed, mm-hmm. which is... It is a franchise, but it's a franchise for not like a pew-pew-pew movie, mm-hmm. but it's for a, a movie that had it's, its a roots. light adult drama. Right, light adult drama. And, and although Rocky, being a series that kind of got more ridiculous Weird, yeah, as time yeah, went yeah, on, yeah. there's a soul there. Rocky's a very fascinating It, it, it really is a fascinating... We could do a whole episode on Rocky Absolutely. movies. Uh, in fact, we should do that when the new Creed comes out. We cool. should do it around then. I think, cool. I think that'd be great. And it would give me a, an excuse to show my wife the Rocky movies. Great. Which, as you can imagine, you don't get to just say, hey, let's watch Rocky, Rocky yeah. and your wife is immediately interested. Absolutely. Like, oh, yes, I'd like to watch this boxing movie from the 1970s. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, but Creed, uh, Michael B. Jordan. Here's the thing about Creed. Creed is also like a personal story yeah. for Ryan because he grew up watching Rocky. Rocky is one of his favorite movies. And yep. like Apollo Creed, the character in, in, in it, he's like, oh, I really, really like this guy. Yeah. And... So him and his brothers and his parents used to like what they had like the the VHS or whatever Rocky, mm-hmm. and this used to be like their go to family thing. Yep. So he, like in his like early writing days, used to essentially write like fanfic scripts about it. Yeah. So then when Truebill came on and he got his little foot into Hollywood, yeah, he got his pedigree. People got, got attention he, on him. Right. He did. Possibly one of the low-key greatest feats ever, mm-hmm. which is you took notorious narcissist mm-hmm. Sylvester Stallone <laughs> and is like, hey, you know those movies you produce and your own personal project mm-hmm. and child? May I come in <laughs> and, and take over them now? Yeah. And Sylvester, I, I don't know how the meeting, in, meeting with Sylvester went, but he clearly charmed him over. Well, I know that Sylvester Stallone, his feelings of the Rocky franchise is like, that was his big start mm-hmm. and um thank you for the gentle tap of the glass on the table there that was very jesus uh, <laughs> um but he he himself has talked about how you know that's what the thing about making rocky six was rocky six was meant to be the redemption of the franchise because mm-hmm. it had mm-hmm. very much gone off the rails right. he had a robot in part four yeah i mean well rocky five ends with like a bar fight yeah you know in the street Never seen Rocky Five. Well, sounds, it's sounds it's sounds terrible. Great. It's great. it feels like a parody of the because it's about Rocky taking this young guy under his wing and then the young guy ter- turns out. In to... Rocky Three, he solves the Cold War, doesn't he? That's or Rocky four. four. That's yeah, Rocky yeah, Four. Yeah, yeah. Rocky Three is when he fights Mister T. T. Yeah. yeah. God, I can't wait for that episode. Honestly, oh, yeah. um, but it 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 needed it it needed something a little bit more because Rocky Six was very much just old man, mm-hmm. you know going for one last fight, which mm-hmm. is fine, fine mm-hmm. way to end mm-hmm. it. But the, the, what Creed does is takes him and puts him into the role of the, the coach, mm-hmm. you know, puts him into the, which is, I think, the, what, Mickey, the Mickey role. Yeah, which is what they wanted That's to do, smart thing to do. <laughs> which is what they wanted to do with Rocky V, mm-hmm. um, but it ended up being crap. So you're able to actually get that evolution of Rocky's character. Um, sure storyline, yeah. Yeah, so, so, but, and he's great in it. Like, he got nominated for awesome, Best Supporting right? mm-hmm. in that year. Um, and everyone was kind of upset he didn't know anything. I'm still upset. I'm not over it. <laughs> he lost to, um, uh, speaking of Spielberg, um, the guy from Bridges Vice. 
Yeah, that's what upset yeah, me yeah. because what did he? I'm like, he raised his eyebrow a few times yeah, in that this, movie. Yeah, this quiet little British actor. Yeah, <laughs> came on the Yeah, and and this was supposed to be like because um, what what wasn't Rocky also nominated for her Oscar back in the day? Rocky Am I won wrong about Best that? Picture. Yeah, okay. Over Annie Hall and Star Wars. Mm. Well, incredible, incredible feat. Yeah, so, but so, but but Sly has not won an Oscar. Mm, absolutely not. Right. No, no, no. He he won. He won. Uh, I think he won Best Screenplay. If I'm not. He has been. He has been nominated for three Oscars, but he has not won. Hold on a second. I'm going to tell you right now. Nominated in 1977 for Best Actor mm-hmm. for Rocky and for Best Screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, did not win. And then he was also nominated for Creed. Was he for technically Best a producer actor. on Rocky or no? No, no. He was a writer on Rocky. Um, not a producer. He, mm, I don't know about the, pre- I'm not seeing it there. Okay. I, but I, I, historically, I know that, you know, he pretty much um, was the power force That's behind his it. Baby. Yeah. Um, let me see what, uh, but Rocky did win three Oscars. Rocky won Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Film Editing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember the best song. It's yeah. Amazing. Best song, you think? Uh, best sound, Best Music Original Song was nominated. Mm-hmm. See, now I got to know what won that year. Anyway, that's a rabbit hole I can't go down right now because I'm recording a podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Ryan Coogler, he, he, he establishes that he can work with franchises. He can jump into a project mm-hmm. that has its previously established, mm-hmm. you know, history mm-hmm. fans. So Marvel, you know, gets some of the bad blood out of the Disney Corporation, gets to actually make these movies about uh, diverse characters because uh, reportedly it said that movies like Black Panther and Black Widow, it wasn't just because they didn't want movies with black in the name, uh, they didn't want black people being mm-hmm. yeah, put into their, their, their movies. So when they finally get a chance to make the Black Panther movie, uh, Ryan Coogler's name is around, he gets thrown into the ring, and he gets to make one of the okay, best MCU okay, if, movies. If, 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 I, if I may um, uh, bow down to the cathedral of Kevin Feige for a second. <laughs> he is one of those like kind of cool nonchalant white producers mm-hmm. where like, if it... If it if it checks out, he would love to have black people, right? Or he would love to have women in leads. No, gen- generally. No, it's just the way you say it is just like he's on his veranda, like, oh, I'd love to. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's let's have some around. Yeah, and, and of course, I'm, I'm I'm speaking of you know 2000 to 2010 white people, so keep that in mind. But his 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 boss at the time, the actual man running Marvel, yeah, um, we did not speak his name. Yeah, um, was one of those. Oh no, black people do not sell. Are we treating him like uh, um, Voldemort? Or just he, he who shall not be named? Uh, yeah, I like Ike. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I don't like Ike for the record because okay. Ike's a bad dude. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So his his Kevin Feige's boss boss mm-hmm. pre Disney was an actual out and out like no no like we do not spend money on anything. We're not taking any risk on black people on women on minority whatever. Just yeah. Like, Put in a black or in the sac- case of, of Halle Berry, uh, Black Woman. Right. Because Catwoman is one of those movies that was touted as the reason mm-hmm. to say that movies about black, black people, movies about women, not going to work. Sell, right. Superhero movies about these people, Do they, they don't sell. Right. Not uh, putting aside the fact that Catwoman is a terrible movie, that's, yeah. that's the real reason Catwoman makes no money. Yeah. No, he saw Electron. He's just like, you see this terrible movie that nobody watched? Yeah. Why do you think nobody watched it? Because of woman. Mm-hmm. Was it. Not because it was terrible. Anyway. And and then completely ignoring like every successful Angelina Jolie and Charlie mm-hmm. Theron vehicle, but you know whatever. Yeah. So so he was that guy, and it was kind of I, I kind of forget the last straw, but 
it was it was kind of when uh I think Rebecca Hall mm-hmm. in Iron Man three mm-hmm. she plays this little supporting character Tony's ex girlfriend right she was supposed to be the villain right not Guy Pierce mm. and so that was pitch written and pitched to her as you are the secretly the person and you're going to that backstab Guy Pierce's character and be quote unquote the Mandarin yeah she got hired everything ball was rolling mm-hmm. and Kevin Feige's boss got up and is just like this won't sell toys. <sighs> You know how important the villains in Iron Man are? This yeah. will not sell us toys. Yeah. Get this woman out of here. She's not supposed to be the main thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, during filming, she's just like, oh, by the way, sorry. <laughs> we're, we're switching your entire role. Mm-hmm. So, this was kind of the last draw, and Kevin was just like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> and got up and just had a secret meeting with, like, heads of Disney. And they're like, could you get this guy out here? Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and immediately as they did that... Boom, like Black Panther is green lit. Yeah, like but Black so, so that's 2013 when Iron Man 3 came out. And then um, Chadwick Boseman was, nom- was nominated. He was um, announced for casting for Civil War. Yeah, like 2013. 20, 20, mm, 2014 or so. No, no, they, uh, they, they announced they were doing Civil War like two years ago. And they announced. Yeah, but when was the big, big show where they did the, when, when Chadwick Boseman came out and everything? That sounds like... A year or so after Avengers would be 2013, 2014. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I could have sworn it was after. No, no, yeah, yeah, right. Because, well, they definitely had announced Civil War prior to Age of Ultron mm-hmm. coming out, mm-hmm. which was um, a, a weird move, I thought. Because it's like, all right, well, now I know exactly. I mean, these char- characters are not going to like each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah, so, so Chadwick gets on board, um, Ryan Kruger gets on board, and it ends up being one of the best, uh, if not the best, movie to come out of the MCU. Um, I mean, arguably the most culturally significant movie of the past decade. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I mean, just, like, put aside Marvel. Well, I remember when it came out here, it was here for a long, long time. Because oh, it, yeah. it was released in February. Mm-hmm. And then I distinctly remember you could watch Black Panther and then you could go into Infinity War, yeah. which came out in May. Mm-hmm. So that's March, like three months. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you could see Deadpool 2 at the same time. Mm-hmm. So there were three comic book movies at the same time. Mm-hmm. And two of them starred Josh Brolin. It's <laughs> true. And uh, two of them starred uh, Ryan, uh, um, what's his name, Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an incredible movie. And um, it is where Ryan Coogler has ended up. And uh, his next movie is um, Wakanda Forever. Um, I don't know what else he has down the pipe to direct. Um, he's not directing Creed 3. That's going to fall to Michael B. Jordan, which will be his directorial debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm very excited to see Once how that again, goes. Once again, I must say how incredibly brave of Michael B. Jordan to hire a far superior actor <laughs> to be the villain <laughs> of the film you're directing. That's yeah, fine. yeah. Um, but moving on from uh, Mr. Kuglo, we are big fans of his work, even though, um, you know, well, you've seen, you've seen Black Panther and you've seen Creed, Creed which is... About half of his filmography. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely think people should check out uh, Fruitvale. I haven't been able to. It was one of those movies that I was like, I'm going to rewatch this in a few years. But I just, it's not one of those movies where like, oh, I'm feeling good this Sunday. Let me put on Fruitvale Station. Mm-hmm. Um, no, some movies you only watch once. Yeah. And, it's, and they kind of stay with you forever. So you yeah, can like, only um, watch them once. Well, in the same vein, 12 Years a Slave. I think it's a beautiful sure, movie. I, I remember Great performances. I've ever seen about that movie. Yeah. I, yeah. The one, and, the, um, Schindler's List. I'm just like, well, I guess yeah. this is never leaving my brain ever. Yeah. The, the scene that I, I still recall is, is um, when 
um, Lupita has her big speech about how she will be clean she after, she's soap? Been, she, after she's been found with the soap. Still, she soap. you know. Um, but Ryan Coogler, he's one of the best directors that the MCU has had. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, let's just say off the top of our head, top three MCU directors. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Coogler, James Gunn. I have an idea of who you're going to end up on. I know that you have a couple of names rattling around in your brain, yeah. but I got one that I'm like, he's, this is the one. He doesn't know that this is the one. Well, what is my third? Pick? I'm thinking your third is Mr. Raimi. Mm-hmm. He just had a face like, I might have to mm-hmm. say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Raimi is the best director. But not necessarily the, the best the film. Of the, the not- yeah. This is this is MCU direction. Yeah. Taika's Ragnarok is pretty good. Taika is a thousand percent a Taika movie. Yeah. Um, I think Ragnarok. Okay. Very hot take. I think Ragnarok works like three or four times, mm-hmm. and it's kind of unwatchable. <laughs> okay. I think I can watch Guardians of the Galaxy one for the rest of my the rest life. of your life. Very yeah. Happily. Yeah. <laughs> Because, all right, I'll, cards on the table, um, Ryan Cougar and James Gunn are in my top two. It's a third that I'm having trouble with. Yeah, because, uh, like, kind of thing, I, I, I truly, okay, all the Russo Marvels, mm-hmm. and I, I truly love Winter Soldier. Yeah. I think Winter Soldier is incredible. Yeah. I do think the writers are doing 80% of the work. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the writers do not. Because they're, the they're the same. I cannot see the direction yeah. necessarily. And most of that is, okay, this, this story is very good. This dialogue is very biting. Mm-hmm. That's all screenplay, baby. Yeah. Like, that's, and they've been there from the first Captain America all the way up to Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it very much helps that James and Ryan write, write and direct their yeah. movies. So there, it is, in, it is uh, inarguable <laughs> what is I'm gonna, I'm going to go Favreau for my third. The OG Iron Man still holds up to this day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm going to go with and, it. And it is like the accidental template yeah. that fits everything else. And here's the thing. I, I, I think Loki, you have to give kind of accidental directing credit to Robert Downey Jr. Because if you've seen uh-huh. any of Robert Downey Jr.'s previous performances, mm-hmm. he's kind of doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just that him and John Favreau's comedic styles complemented each other. Yep. But it, it kind of feels like, because Robert in Iron Man 1 is not a scrap of furniture is left in that scenery. Mm-hmm. It's all being chewed <laughs> up and spit out by Robert Downey Jr. He's just crushing it right. in that movie. And like even, even Terrence Howard, you can feel him buckling under the pressure and talent and charisma yep. bursting off it. Oddly, I think the second best performance in that is Pepper. Mm-hmm. I think Gwyneth Paltrow, in her years of hanging around extremely show-offy Hollywood types, yeah. knows exactly how to play off yeah. of the energy Robert is giving. Yeah, and very she, much and she not giving him a her, thing. Yeah. Deadpan, right. I don't care who you are. Yes, exactly. Perfect. And, and it works perfectly for the rest. Yeah. That is inarguably the best relationship so I'm not, in, like, in the Marvel when the Marvel I say universe. When I say I'm picking Favreau, I'm saying like he was able to make all of that work. And he has a lot to play with there. Give yeah. you that. Like he has a good group of, of performers and, yeah. and people to work with. And, and he's, he's got the, look, this is the first time out. Nobody knows. Balls to the wall. Let's mm-hmm. see what works. And he was able to put together something that and, and, and a perfect, has become the template. And a perfect tangent, or a perfect um, parallel to that 
is to watch um, The Incredible Hulk <coughs> with Edward Norton. Two yeah. movies that were made, Iron Man and Incredible Hulk were made at the exact same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, let's try movies this way. Yeah. And let's try this movie this way. It is so good won- for them that yeah, Iron Man I, came out first. Yes, and I wonder what works. <laughs> All right, you still haven't given me a name. Um, uh, I, 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 John Watts? For the, the, his <sighs> Spider-Man trilogy? The only MCU director that has had a full trilogy outside of James Gunn. That's true. Uh, Peyton is about to hop on. Um, oh, right. I keep forgetting that Edgar Wright was supposed to do mm-hmm, the first mm-hmm. one that didn't. Um, you know, the Spider-Man trilogy is so fascinating because they seem like... Ex- they, above all the other ones, mm-hmm. they, feel like... Okay, all the Marvel movies that are clearly... This is a product that the company... <laughs> demanded. Yeah. Spider-Man is the only one that both doesn't feel like it's directed, but also corporate demanded the exact right thing that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. They, right, they right. don't feel, they, they feel like light comedies, but I'm not see, seeing <laughs> a mastermind behind the, yeah. behind the thing. Like I am Ryan and James. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not seeing, I, I guess because I've never seen a John Watts film, perhaps, um, cop car starring Kevin Bacon <laughs> back in 2014 miraculously plays like Spider-Man no? yeah but I, I don't see anything they're just fun I mean you're gonna talk about uh, a human story you're gonna go with them internals gonna give me that Chloe, Chloe Zhao Here's is that thing, epic Chloe Zhao is that is a Chloe Zhao movie yeah I'll tell you that so right honestly now. if you're if the criteria we're working with is the top three MCU directors Direction. you know MCU movies that have that kind of <laughs> yeah. direction. Are you gonna go on the record and say Oof. Chloe Zhao is in your top three? And honestly, I'd rather go with Peyton because okay. those Ant-Man, Peyton Reed, Ant-Man one and two, mm-hmm. kind of feels like a specific type of comedy. Yeah, and it feels yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and it does give me like he, bring he, it on. Yeah, because the previous he, movie he kind of does give me those. Silly, goofy, but were very specific comedy. But I also like that they must have said, oh, you worked on the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids ride. Okay, you can do this. Oh, wow, is that that what you That's in his portfolio. It is the only thing that I can see as the connection to why he was picked as the guy. You know know why he... Okay, you know, I'm kind of going to go with Peyton. You know why? Because when it was zero hour and, mm-hmm. and Edgar Wright is just like, lol, I'm sorry guys, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys are giving me too much notes. Yeah. He came in at the last moment and they decided to rewrite the script yeah. from start. And he, under immense pressure, pissed he, out a very good movie. A very good, <laughs> in, in, very in like less than In like less concrete, than seven months. Yeah. And then Ant-Man and the Wasp is... And that, that to me is good direction. When you can walk into a burning building. Yeah. And, and like, no, no, guys, I got it. And you yeah, put it out and you make a nice... They, keep, they, they always say, you know, any movie that comes out is a miracle. Exactly. That, uh, it gets, but, and to come into a, a dumpster fire like that, which I'm very uh, interested to see what's going to happen with Blade, because that seems like a, a fire and a half right now. Um, but yeah, Peyton Reed, I... I I can't argue with that. That's a good one. Um, yeah, so that's that's our top three MCU directors. Um, so uh, before we get into you know our thoughts on what Wakanda Forever will be like, um, it is on top of mind is that with the the death of Chadwick Boseman, um, I'm thinking we we could are, are, like rest in power forever, my guy. Yeah. I, uh, to this day. Um, 
like Ma Rainey and the Five Bloods. Yeah. Two movies you can go, I think, would make a great Sorry, sorry. Hold on a second. When you said that it played as one title in my mind, Ma Rainey and the I Five Bloods. I would like to see Ma Rainey and, and the, the Five, Five Bloods. Bloods. Can you imagine Ma Rainey in the Vietnam War Boy. looking for gold? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yes. Uh, two, two movies on Netflix, and I, I, I strongly suggest. As like a double feature, I yeah. think make an incredible double feature. Excellent. Um, that they, they came out twenty twenty, um, under lockdown to just get pure cinema in your face. That right. was like, all right, yeah, things will be okay. That gave me a lot of comfort, and also around the time when he had passed, yeah, um, it was like, okay, what a note to go out on with these two back to back films. Yeah. Um. So, this is not a spoiler, Benning, but. Yeah. You can watch those movies and you're very clearly like, oh, this is a man aware that he's going to die and mm. he wants to make a statement about death before he dies. But like that's, uh, that also um, was something that must have been in mind when they were at least doing the press for Black Panther. Because he, he I, as, as I understand it, he had this diagnosis for a while. He There's, had it um, after um, James Brown movie. James, James. Oh, James Brown. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, get on up yeah, yeah. Um, but like there's a, a, a clip of him talking about this kid that had cancer mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. him you know being moved to tears about it like um, we actually we spoke about last week Dwayne Johnson having this huge you know concept of his relationship with his audience mm-hmm. um, Chadwick Boseman had his this, this always thinking about his, um, his, his you know role as like kind of like how people would perceive him as an icon mm-hmm. and, and being someone that they, th- a lot of weight on his shoulders that he, he held with, you know, class. Yeah. Um, so t- for that, him... That, that, that clip of him, it, it's, you can look it up. It's, it, you can just put like uh, Chadwick Boseman cancer, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. uh, it, it, it's him, Lupita, and then I... Yeah, they're on like a panel. And they're on like a blue, like a, a panel with like a blue background. Yeah. And just goes into the store, and, and you can't, and, you know, previously when you saw it, he was like, he does really care about his kids, yeah. and he's trying to make a good statement. But and it then, was one then, of those that felt like, okay, celebrities do this a lot. They talk about their right. interactions with their fans. That's very heartfelt. Yeah, and then even when, you can see a look on his face, like, oh, wow, he's not play-play. He does care about these two little kids. Yeah. And then seeing it after he dies, mm-hmm. you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it becomes harshly yeah. <laughs> emotional even more than it was. Yeah. And like when he passed away, it was like, I just, I've, I'm lucky, man, that I got to live in, in a time when he was around and, yeah. and he made these movies and gave like one of those incredible performances in a movie like Black Panther, which it is very easy to get lost in all the noise and mm-hmm. there's no humanity behind it. But mm-hmm. that's a movie about a, a, a man coming to terms with the terrible past of his people and his father and the people that he respected mm-hmm. and just trying to blaze a trail for the future. Very much like at that time in Hollywood, this is one year after the big Me Too explosion. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and Marvel movies have a few of these things. They've touched on these things. You know, It starts out with Iron Man, Tony Stark looking at the legacy and saying, we're not making weapons anymore. Um, Thor seems to make the greatest weapon of all. <laughs> uh, Thor movies are looking at Odin's acts of war mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. trying not to do anything like that in the future. What but if your dad was bad, right? That's that's in a lot of Marvel movies. That is the underlying theme of Phase yeah. One to Three. I mean, dads are bad. 
Kevin Feige has avoided going to therapy. He just produces movies to work out his issues with and his we're dad. We're all the better for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Black Panther is the one that has felt the most uh, heartfelt, and that's in large part due to his performance. So when they said that they're going ahead with Black Panther and uh, Kevin Feige said they're not going to recast, Casting, at least uh-huh. not at this time, I think there's going to be another T'Challa. They've got their multiverse. They've got, you know, their... He, he has... I've, I've read that he has wanted it to go on. Like, he's wanted the role of... Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe they're able to have that importance with the Black Panther title, as mm-hmm. opposed to it being T'Challa himself. Um, but, yeah, it's just... It, it's hard to see anybody else in that role. Um, like, here's the thing with recasting a role. If it was, like... The Batmans of back in the day. Yeah. Like, let's say, you know, Michael Keaton died in, like, 1995. How dare you? Yeah. Let's say, hypothetically, mm-hmm. terrible thing, died in, in, like, 1995. Cut to 1997, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody would care, necessarily, mm-hmm. if, you know, Val Kilmer or George Clooney showed up. Especially right? if it was George Clooney. That was, I mean, wasn't exactly... Um, George Clooney at that point because ER hadn't started yeah, yet. Yeah, he had a big hit show. No, yeah. He had a big hit show and that's how he got a job. Well, ER was 94 when it started. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah. He, was, he was kind of a TV star. Right. right? Yeah. And Dustal Dawn was, you know, sort yeah. of thing. But, yeah, again, like, let's say Michael Keaton like passed. Mm-hmm. It's just one movie. It's one Batman movie. It's one role. Yeah. It kind of feels like like respectfully, we're we're gonna move on. We're gonna make another thing, right? You know, when Christopher Reeves died, you don't foo foo that they're making another Superman. Mm-hmm. But the thing with Chadwick mm-hmm. is that they are far more uh, tied to. Even though it's a worldwide hit and celebration, yeah. it is extremely tied to like the black community. <laughs> and mm-hmm. what it kind of socially does for the black community. But even then, and, 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 and it is also yeah. wrapped up in a greater narrative. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it feels strange that <laughs> all the other characters can show up and just be like, hey, T'Challa. Right. And, and it, it, it almost feels, even though it's been done countless times in other shows and media. Not only in other shows, f- but in f- this f- very franchise. Right. Because they, they, they said, buy Terrence Howard and let's right. sub in Don Cheadle. And they made, but but it was it was kind of done. And, and and remember, Don Don Cheadle's first line is a joke. Yes, it's just like I'm yeah, here, me, get, get over it. it. Yeah, right, right. Like, but that's if, a supporting if they character. Ever made a, if they ever made a joke, yeah, about recasting, mm. like imagine mm. how that would <laughs> roll over. <laughs> that's rough. on the on the audience. Yeah, right? like I I think the audience has changed dramatically. Yeah, <laughs> and. So, so whenever people are jumping around, like, no, no, they should recast him, like, dude for the kids, and the, like, you know, the, kid, yeah, yeah, the kids yeah. need a black superhero, da, da, da. And it's like, no, the kids don't need a black superhero. You are being a child. Mm-hmm. You need a, like, you as an adult are bringing your emotional ties into it. Yeah. You are actually the one making it complicated. Because as a child, I don't care who is wearing the Spider-Man mask. Mm-hmm. I don't care who is under the Darth Vader. I just go Darth Vader. Yeah. So uh, technically, you could replace mm-hmm. Chadwick Boseman. And children would not care. Yeah. The people who are making a beat are adults. Mm-hmm. Adults who are with adult brains consuming yeah. child content. Right. Yeah. That is the problem. Yeah. But it's the problem we've all created and we're, and we're all in. So now we cannot 
We cannot simply recast. Well, yes, I don't know if I definitely want him to recast. I like I don't. I, I, I like. I, I think it's. I think it's because Black Panther is literally a mantle that can be passed. Yeah, and it has been passed in the previous film. It is it almost perfectly makes sense from yeah. a story wise that yeah. during this situation you would go yes or King has passed. So, so story wise, they definitely have instruments that facilitate the the. Um, untimely passing of Chadwick Boseman where they can have a, like it's how it's set up it's like when they have the two Thors in, in um, Thor Love and Thunder it's kind of like alright you gotta come up with a reason um, but they still have you know if you hold the hammer you've got the powers of Thor even though when Captain America picked it up he didn't get like a, a you know metal helmet with wings on that would have been weird um, yes, yeah. <laughs> but there's ways that you 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 know you can deal with uh, an actor's passing, and uh, they've done it in the past. So I've got a few examples here that we can discuss real quickly. Um, so the first two Harry Potter films, Richard mm, Harris Michael, played yeah, Richard Harris, yeah. um, Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Great, you know, kind of elder statesman type with Richard Harris mm-hmm. um, sitting in his chair and and you know saying. Uh, 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 you know, poetic things in like mm-hmm. a whisper tone. When and, that and it speaks that because that movie came out when I was like, I want to say eleven. Yeah. So I watched the first two Harry Potter's, loved them, and then I truly did not even really notice. Yeah. That Dumbledore changed because, again, to a child, mm-hmm. you you kind of only see character, you don't see actor. Yeah. Right? But I mean, it, when it when when he passed, it's also that's another supporting role. Um, mm-hmm. But also, yeah, very much. But that character gets more involved as the series goes mm-hmm. by. Mm-hmm. Michael Gambon is a lot more of a. I mean, he's 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 younger. He can do a bit more. He can be mm-hmm. more he of can a do physical the action, role, action part, so. right? And that's when D- Dumbledore has a bit more of that in the the later films. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the you know recasting that was not as jarring. It's really the beard. Once you have the beard, you that's Dumbledore. A big beard and a big hat. Yeah. That's all you. Ca- I'm looking at a picture of the two of them right now, yeah. and big beard, big hat. Um, anyway, rest in peace to all these actors. I don't don't take this as us being disrespectful to the people who have passed. We're just discussing, you know, what happened 20 years ago when these movies came out. So quit whining. Uh, yeah, um, as we discuss and love cinema and film, you can probably infer that we also like actors. And yeah, we can just speak clearly about them. Don't be. Little bitches about that. Yeah. Um, but as, as, as we talk about uh, movies that had kind of infrastructure for faces changing, uh, Gloria Foster in The Matrix, she played the Oracle. Mm. That mm. one actually mm. was quite jarring mm. to me when I saw yep. them. Yep. Um, yep. That felt strange. It was very strange. And I saw that younger. Yeah. And, and that felt like, what's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's like, and, and she and, says and, and, it. And yeah, they, they mentioned that. She you know, the Matrix, it, 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 you know, changes and stuff like mm-hmm. that happens. Um, so, but I don't... Isn't I, it cute that Jada Pinkett essentially became the Oracle? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we're going to do a deep dive into the Matrix revolution. Matrix is my number one with a bullet film. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that one I remember being quite jarring because it, a, 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 it was a character that is very much defined by the actor portraying her mm-hmm. in the first this warm film. and lovely woman right and, into her house and, and, and Neo comes brain. in breaks your brain and really kind of in a movie that was previously breaking her brain it, she but comes yeah, in and breaks it, her it whittles down the matrix into something that's kind of accessible you know you're having tea and talking about the metaphysical makeup of the matrix while she's speaking in riddles right and that is a tough role to, yeah. to, to have with that same gravitas 
Um, I don't know if it felt exactly the same for for um, you know, for me in the the later films. But um, yeah, that's that is th- the way that they dealt with that was the Matrix is just kind of weird, guys. Sometimes faces change. Um, then you got Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. Hundred um, percent. There is no way in hell that there was not a plan for that character to show up Come in Dark Knight Rises. Um, but thankfully, nope. I don't even, I'm sure they asked people. I'm sure they broached the idea of, hey, come and play the Heath Ledger Joker in Dark Knight Rises, but... Who, nah, nah, Nolan has several times, was like, oh, when he died, this was like, well, that is... That no, no, I'm sure, but I'm talking like executive Oh, levels. yeah. <laughs> but can you imagine being asked... Damon, are you telling me that <laughs> Warner Brothers executives <laughs> made insensitive decisions? Oh, uh, you mean the, the studio that currently has three separate Jokers at the same time? That one? <laughs> Surely um, you jest. No, but like, can you imagine being asked to fill those shoes in the same series four years after the actor has, has passed away? Like, yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, they did not um, have he, the, the, the Joker played by somebody else in The Dark Knight Rises, but... Okay, here's the thing. Yeah. So when all that was going on, I saw... Well, years after, mm-hmm. I saw a little film called Nightcrawler, mm-hmm. starring Jake Gyllenhaal, hmm. and I was just like... Yeah, you know... Could have done <laughs> Could have done something. Um, but he, he is in the novelization of The Dark Knight Rises. There's a, a mm. bit where you see where Bane is breaking prisoners out of um, Arkham Asylum mm-hmm. or patients out of Arkham Asylum. And there's a, a bit where the Joker is there and he's like, all right, my turn. But mm-hmm. Bane's like, no, no, no. <laughs> we, we don't <laughs> let this guy out. <laughs> and, then, and then it's just like he frowns and that's the last you see of the Joker. Okay. So, so he does exist in the story canonically sure, sure, sure. Um, if you want to have he, that. He, he went to jail. Yeah, <laughs> and he's still in jail. Yeah. <laughs> um, Probably most famously, uh, Paul Walker, when he passed mm-hmm. away uh, in, in uh, the filming Fast, of Furious 7. Um, he is brought back at the very end with a bit of CGI deepfake mm-hmm. um, before that technology got perfected. His brother was the stand-in mm-hmm. for the, the role where it's just him and uh, Vin Diesel Lepic. driving off into the sunset, but his face is cgi to look more like Paul Walker, so... Uh, the character has been mentioned several times in the other movies, you know, because he, so they still keep he's him alive, alive in the films, yeah. but they're just like, oh, he's got a wife and kid. He's not coming back. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm tentatively waiting for Vin Diesel to like make the worst decision ever. But you mean to, to have <laughs> yeah, his yes. digital. Well, that brings me to uh, Peter Cushing, um, mm. who, who came back in uh, Rogue One um, yeah. and they, they made a model of his face and uh, but Disney's done this a few times. They've got their deepfake technology. Um, most recently, James Earl Jones has said he's not coming back for Darth Vader, yes, but he, he's given his blessing he for them his voice. Yeah. to use his voice for. Which someone um, said, you know, this kind of makes sense because Darth Vader has always been an actor, but somebody else's voice mm-hmm. in there. So it's just you're you're right. doing that for real now. He, he, he he's almost a special effect. Yeah. Um, so, like when, like when Carrie Fisher was alive, mm-hmm. and for the end of the Rogue One, we're like, under Carrie Fisher's permission, yeah. <laughs> we're going to politely <laughs> make her younger. Right. That makes sense. When Peter Cushing has been, I don't know, dead since the 70s? Yeah. <laughs> since, since, the, since the 80s? They're just like, yeah, we're going to dig up this, this old British man. But even now, you've got, you've got Luke Skywalker, who Mark Hamill is still Mark very Hamill's much alive. alive. Yeah, he's alive. Um, but they, they have Luke 
running around in um, Mandalorian and Boba Fett and yeah. you know doing Luke Skywalker w- things. When when Luke Skywalker entered at the end of Mandalorian season two, I was just like, great. I guess I never need to watch these shows ever yeah. again. Yeah, you've just circled after all the goodwill mm-hmm. of making an original interesting show. Man, you just circled back <laughs> to the silliness you, of the you, movies. You've kind of hit the nail so on the head. Like, well, guys. Good luck to you. But I mean, I was—I've never been that interested in Boba Fett, the character. Like he's been someone that fans have wanted to see him. I've he's never a cool given a shit. Figure, he's a cool it. action figure, and that's it. And all of this stuff about him has just been speculation. Never seen Boba Fett, right? Never, <laughs> never seen it. So, but you've kind of hit the nail on the head as why that stuff has kind of because I know Andor is great, or I've heard about it yeah, being yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. And I might yeah. check that out. Yeah, but I, I have. I, I watched one episode. And I'm like. Okay, <laughs> but then I haven't watched. I haven't watched it is before. apparently the the Star Wars you know property that is out right now that does not give a shit about being a Star, Star Wars, Wars property. Movie, yeah. Um, but yeah, that that is kind of how the trend is going, where you are seeing actors being brought back um, after they have passed into roles that you know they previously inhabited. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes with consent, sometimes not, and I think yeah. it's I think it's a dangerous thing. Extremely dangerous. Thing. Um, but you know that is what they're doing, and I hope to God nobody ever tries to do that with Chadwick. I don't want to see him in like a multiverse, like oh hi Shuri, and that, then you get that closure that, for her character. That was what I was fearing yeah. immensely when when like so so I remember the the, the very night he, he died. I was I was kind of like yeah two notes um um chilling chilling on uh a previous uh, booze house yeah and uh, so like I, I just got a call from a different friend and I like and she's I heard her like um did you hear and I was like mm-hmm. what? And I was kind of like space so like what was that he's just like Chadwick died and I was like uh, oh yeah it's, <laughs> it was it was stunning when you first heard I like, oh. yeah I was like oh, okay and I just hung up the phone and mm-hmm. I was like. Sat down on a couch for like mm-hmm. thirty minutes, just, and I was like, almost crying because my immediate thought was like, black kids just lost their Superman, mm-hmm. and that was my thought. I was yeah. like, Jesus, <laughs> I was like overwhelmed yeah. by like that specific idea. Yeah, and then so I'll just like never forget. I don't think I'll ever forget that moment. Yeah, I was kind of up there. And um, yeah, so, uh, I think I think that's 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 kind of. That's bad if they continue to if if it gets beyond the pale of of how it is at the moment, which it's kind of already pretty much there. Um, but um, people need to vehemently cuss. Yeah. Whenever it's done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To like, like kind of spook them into stop doing it. Yeah, because if we ca- if we continue to rack up you know numbers on these things that have these these actors brought back, um, it. it it's going to just say, all right, well, they clearly don't care. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to get to the point where they're going to do something heinous, but they've got that guaranteed buy-in from uh, fans and audiences already, so it's not going to move the bottom line. Uh, you okay, know. here's the worst-case scenario that this will a thousand percent move into. Yeah. If Disney keeps, up, keeps this up, it's mostly Disney doing it. Yeah. What's going to happen is when they are able to make fully digital actors... Mm-hmm. And they can, and if, God bless it, if you VFX people do not unionize tomorrow, mm-hmm. what they're going to do is, for the $10, 50000000 million they would have to pay an actor, yeah. they'll pay $2 million and have a VFX team yeah. make the character yeah. fully. And they and might give the, the actor like, oh, a licensing fee kind of thing, maybe, if they, un, unless that actor has already given like, okay, this is my digital thing, and they're like, right. oh, that's not really me. That's a, you know, that's a horrible dystopian future. It's, I don't want to exactly. live in. Yeah. There's an Al Pacino movie 
about that called Simone. Simone. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing it on yeah. TV once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, Al Pacino, legendary actor. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess he's well, not. Was this weird sci-fi movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was before I had seen. Actors, Al I, that was when I was too young to watch any Al Pacino movie because right. if you didn't know, bam, they're they're quite mature. Are they? <laughs> um, no, dog afternoon is for the kids. <laughs> Day the children love Can dog you imagine afternoon? putting on Dog Day Afternoon at like daycare and then at the end all of the, the kids are screaming Attica. Attica, 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 Attica. Um, you know, that, that's kind of what it used to be because back in the 70s when there were no children's films, oh, yeah. you brought your kids to a theater. Nobody yeah. gave a shit. Yeah. All right. So, but um, what are your thoughts on, this is going to how we close out the show pretty much. You think Wakanda Forever, first reactions have been good. Official reviews aren't out yet. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you think it's going to be as good as the first film, better than the first film? Um, early reactions are that it's, it's a very touching mm-hmm. film. It, it's um, very much centered on the character of Shuri, so mm-hmm. God knows who's behind the mask. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's, it, from the trailers, it's very emotional. It gives lots of tribute to Chadwick. Mm-hmm. Apparently, um, Namor is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? So, uh, first thought... Um, after I kind of processed that Chadwick passed mm-hmm. and that they were going to move on and they weren't going to do it they were going like, to move on to the story yeah. in my head I'm like hey you know who deserves a shot at this yeah. make Lupita mm-hmm. Black Panther because in, in movie they would have been married mm-hmm. she would have been and she's the daughter of an elder tribesman so mm-hmm. she's very much had the mantle right. and you know Lupita is a celebrated figure mm-hmm. even though she's only made like five movies because yeah. Hollywood is still racist. She was also a standout um, character in that film. I remember people saying, oh, they love Shuri as a character. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, um, sorry, not Shuri. Um, what's Na- his name? Nakia. Uh, N- Nakia. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, so so I, I once saw this critic who, like when Black Panther just came out, he says like, people don't understand how much you're going to love every character mm-hmm. in Black Panther. Yeah. Like, he's just like, imagine if the first Star Wars movie was just called Luke Skywalker. Yeah. That is what Black Panther feels like. Yeah. Because it's like, no, no, you're going to love the world. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, you love Okoye. You, love um, you even love sure. um, Martin Freeman's character. He, sure. He's got a lot of charm to him. White to make CIA. Mbaku is like, he's, must... you know, runaway character as well. Loki fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, even 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 our mother Ramondo got Angela yeah. Bassett crushing it as usual. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. So, my thoughts. Are, I mean, I I know it is very difficult to catch lightning in a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> twice. Mm-hmm. So, I I imagine, um, in that the first one gave me like all emotions. Mm-hmm. I imagine the second one is gonna like mainly give me, I guess, solace. For mm-hmm. uh, Brian Coogler, as far as I know, is a very emotionally mature person who yeah. knows how to like get a story beat across. So um, I imagine I'm going to just straight up cry yeah, for yeah, the first yeah. 15 to 20 minutes of the movie and that's cool. Yeah. To see it. And then we're going to get into like an actual Marvel movie mm-hmm. without a well done one. And yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's going to be the, the, the cultural phenomenon as, as it was back in 2018. Well, yeah. But yeah, by all accounts, it's pretty good and it is like, my most anticipated film of the year. I mean, I think... I'm very fascinated that the two films that are on course to be the highest grossing movies are yep. both about magical cat people fighting underwater. Mm-hmm. If we're looking to Avatar 2 mm-hmm. next month. Yep. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very excited. I, I don't want to have any preconceptions. Yeah. 
I kind of only saw the first trailer. And I was just like, yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's want, back. I this want, is it. I want to watch that. And then I'm trying not to go into it. But the thing about the first trailer was that it, it very much... And, and that was my thing with the first Black Panther was um, it was at a point where, you know, we'd gotten Spider-Man back, we'd gotten um, Thor Ragnarok, and we'd gotten uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And it was like, okay, uh, these are very good Marvel movies, but mm -hmm. they still are just like, I'm in the Marvel universe. You know, yeah. let's talk about Infinity Stones and right. um, um, Chitauri technology. Yeah. And, and Black Panther's like, this is a good movie. Right. <laughs> and it feels like very much how Wakanda is supposed to feel like in the world, like it is separate, separate from all this stuff. Thing, yeah. So that's what I'm looking forward to is how this is going to be. You, you can bring your grandmother to watch Black Panther. Right. And, and, and she's not did. going to give a shit about what a multiverse Versus, is. Right. Because a lot of recent Marvel stuff has been kind of... Um, is all about the multiverse. This guys. is yeah. This is nice for fans of a Marvel thing. Yeah. You like Marvel. Have this is more Marvel. Previous ten years of films. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to this being a continuation of the first film, not necessarily mm -hmm. a continuation of the Marvel universe. Mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm very excited. Which, which, which is so strange because Ryan was just like before Chadwick passed. The story was yeah. Um, Black Panther got snapped of right. existence, and we're going to deal with. Five years passing of him gone. Yeah, that's what the story was going to be. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I heard. he passed, and he's just like, "Huh? Maybe if the story should be about them dealing with the grief." <laughs> right. Losing. So it was like, always going to huh. be about grief, is what <laughs> yeah, what he was yeah. saying. Um, there's a few things in it that I was initially worried about because it felt like, okay, um, I don't really love when Marvel movies are setting things up for spinoffs. Mm -hmm. So that's what the Iron Man 2 suffered the most from. It's like, all right, let's bring Which in Black Widow. Which is why I can't give John Favreau a direction. I understand that. Like, I understand. Like, to be, a, to be a good director, you need to, A, it has yeah. to feel like it's your idea and your vision. Yeah. And B, you kind of need to be able to handle studio notes. No, no, I get that. That, is, that and, is, and is a big part of being a director. But that's why Ryan Coogler is at the top and John Favreau exactly. is not. Exactly. Um, but because he's probably the only guy I trust to, to have Namor and also Ironheart you know, mm -hmm. all these things in there yeah, that feel it, it like... It feels like it's setting up a lot. Yeah, like, yeah. okay. And I know that there's an Ironheart series coming. It's not just, oh, this is a cool character right. that would make sense in this and world. Namor is a thousand percent getting his movie after this. Yeah, and it's like, Namor is a character that I, I like I, I like him, yeah. uh, but I've never, you know, Aquaman exists. Right. Um, if oh, you, can I... We're not wrapping up. Yeah. I'll, I'll do a quick Namor time. Yeah. Um, okay, can I? No, well, I'm just, the, just yeah, to yeah. close out, my thing is like, right. um, I'm looking forward to it. I had some concerns. Early responses have been very good. Um, you know, and I just, I'm very curious to see how it was handled. There's a lot of stuff in it that made me initially worried. Yeah. I've gotten some good word of mouth. That that's, kind why, of that's why I don't want to bring any preconceptions worries. in it. Yeah, I'm just yeah, like, yeah. I want the movie to do whatever the movie wants. Yeah, and I'm just interested to see how the story plays out because it sounds like a good story. These two warring kingdoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, all right. So um, next week, the, the next time we record, mm -hmm. why don't we open with that tangent? Can you hold that? Sure. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to have to listen for that. Bye-bye, <laughs> everybody. All. <laughs> all right, so... Um, what a great end to this episode. Well, you, you actually content. gave a good, a good end when you gave your last thoughts on Wakanda Forever. Yeah. So I'll just say uh, thank you all for listening once again. Uh, we a great teaser. For happy us. to be back with... Um, yeah, I'll leave that part in as like a teaser for next Hell week. Yeah. You can hear it, um, 
uh, Bam's thoughts on, on Namor next week, and I'm sure a lot of you will have a lot more of a concept of who Namor is after when, you've seen when Wakanda the forever. entire Earth civilization sees Wakanda forever for, in territory. Yeah, for the opening weekend. And then subsequent weekends is just us all seeing it again. Yep. Um, thank you for listening once again. Uh, this has been Movie Mandem with Damien. And, yep. And we will see you next time. Thank you for joining me, Bam. Peace. Later, y'all.